The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Station. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400, WDWS, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS. Now, it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Fasteners Etc. is your partner in inventory management. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with your hosts, Scott Beatty, and Tim Dittman. Illinois gets a victory 24-21, the final to begin the 2017 season. The Illini fell behind, had a dismal third quarter, but did just enough both offensively and defensively in the final quarter to pull out a win. It's your turn to sound off as 2017 is under the season. So we open up the Fasters Etc. postgame show. Very appropriately so, with one of our faithful callers. It's Jim from Rockford. Halo, Jim, and I hope you had a good summer. Yeah, I hope you guys did too. Uh, you know, rarely do I agree with you guys, but you did say something right before the break. You said it wasn't pretty, but it's a win with a very young team, and that is true. Um, you also said something before the break, you know, year two of Lovey. Well, technically it is. This really is year one for Lovey. He did not recruit last year mm-hmm. because of when he was hired. Uh, he was playing a lot of players that, that were leftovers for him. And I commend him for really starting anew this year. I think what was the number? Uh, 53 was 53 redshirt freshmen and freshmen and first-year sophomore players, or whatever the number was. The fact is they're very young. But I'll tell you, I, was, uh, I went to five games in that 97 season when they went winless. There, each of those games, they would show flashes, especially offensively, where you were impressed. But then they'd go into those funks where they couldn't do anything right. And that third quarter was about as sick as I've ever seen, uh, to the point where I just couldn't stomach it anymore. But lo and behold, Ball State Ball stated themselves. <laughs> the Illini defense stepped up a bit. And, uh, again, to your point, at the end, they won, and it matters. I'll tell you one thing, it wasn't pretty, uh, um, but well, first, to your main point, yes. It, it, it's almost like you have to say it's year one and a half for Lovey Smith because of the recruiting. But the other thing is, I, I looked at one thing here, one penalty for the Illini, one for Ball State as well. That's a big difference from last year. It just seemed like even though there was a lot of ineffectiveness at times today on both sides of the ball, there was a little bit more togetherness and a sense of what was going on even though there's a lot of freshmen out there looking like deer in the headlights there was just something to more a little more cohesion for a team that is so young so hey jim we appreciate your call thank you all right look forward to you calling in again uh, what do you think tim did you did you see uh, did you see the flashes that that show promise here? I did. I mean, certainly Mikey Dudek was the guy today that we all knew he's capable of. He had the flashy touchdown catch. He had the flashy punt uh, return uh, toward the end there that, that uh, set up the Illini go-ahead score. Uh, so I, I think any jitters or any you know remaining sluggishness that he might have had, I, I don't think it's there. I think he's full go. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of Epstein today. You know, he looks kind of like that big bruising type running back. I mean, he's not incredibly big, 60195, but when he really hit that corner on a couple of uh, of uh, you know sweeps to the outside, he really turned on the Jets. So, I really liked what I saw out of him today. Uh, he ends up going for a net of 54 yards on 11 carries and a couple of touchdowns as well, averaging about 5 yards a carry. So, he did well. So, yes, uh, f- uh, flashes I think is a good word to describe it. The the, the Illini it certainly was stressful today. There was a lot of things to clean up, but I think you saw, if anything, what this team is capable of doing, maybe not even this year, but maybe next year. And I've said it before on, on our airwaves, you know, I'm really looking for the big jump from year two to year three for Lovey. And then it's not to say I don't care about this season, 
But the caller, Jim, you know, brought it up. He will have had a year now with his recruits. It's year three under the new schemes and the new coaching staff. That's the year I would expect the Illini to make the jump to perhaps six wins. Alan is with us now from Montrose on the PNC Bank phone line. Hi, Alan. Hello, guys. My first question is, where is Stanley Green? Is he on the team or is he hurt or what? No idea. I, there, there were last-minute changes that w- uh, we had no idea that was what was going on in terms of the offensive line. And I know you're Stanley Green's in the in the secondary, but uh, this coaching staff hides what their plans are with players and depth charts uh, very well and injuries. Well, he is with them, right? What's that? He is with them, right? With the Stanley team. Green, oh, yes, team? yeah, yes, he is with the team. Yeah, so far as I okay. know. So far yeah. as I know. Okay. Uh, next thing is uh, our offensive line and defensive line was at times really bad. Uh, Gabe Megason could not handle the defensive end at all there for a while in the third quarter, and it really just about, just about cost him the ball game. And on top of that is Mike Dudek was our best player three years ago. He's still our best player on the team, and he needs to get the ball in his hands more, two passes to him. The game is not going to Both of those statements, Alan, I think are 100% true. And I think Gabe Megginson, uh, thanks for the call, I think Gabe Megginson may be a more uh, natural ta- uh, guard than a tackle, but that's what the Illini have to work with. And you're absolutely right. Mike Dudek is the best player in an Illini uniform at this moment, for sure. There may be somebody that kind of emerges down the road here because of uh, you don't know what you get entirely with the freshman. But Mike Dudek is is the man. And more than just the talent, he's a playmaker. He's a difference mm-hmm. maker. He changed the whole course of the game. He changed the game. He won the ball game for the Illini with that punt return. That yeah, set up. He, he set him up for the, for the for the score, exactly. By the way, Stanley Green, Brian Barnhart did have this written down in the booth, but I uh, just didn't make a mental note of it. He was out for the first half due to a targeting call in the Northwestern game last season. And then he just ended up not playing the whole game. Now, it could have been by design where Lovey knew he was going to have to sit out the first half and then said, all right, we're going to give you know Bennett Williams the start because maybe Bennett's just been playing better. Uh, but at least we know for sure he had to serve that first half suspension. Join us, 356-9397 on the PNC Bank phone line. And the Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351 351- Five three five seven. Um, the the offensive line didn't end up being what we thought it would be in terms of starting. Christian Deloro broke a string of thirty one starts, mm-hmm. didn't start, but later he came in the ball game because early on in the first quarter the line wasn't getting it done at all, and Ball State marched for a fifteen play drive in the first quarter to tie things up on that eight yard touchdown to Given. So then it seemed like things got. Uh, replaced a little bit. DeLaurel came in, and the offensive line started to fare a bit better. Well, and yeah, Doug Kramer go out as well, and uh, we have not heard anything specific on his injury. I know Lovey was asked about it on our post-game network interview, and uh, in typical Lovey fashion, and this is not a knock on Lovey in any way, but he was very vague about it, and that's just how he is with injuries, as, as you mentioned earlier, Scott. So then Nick Allegretti had to move over to center. Uh, we saw a couple, I think, snaps that were a little offline with uh, Nick Allegretti maybe some communication issues there with Chase Crouch. But, again, it's week one. I think they will, they'll go back in the film and work that out. You mentioned, Scott, the, the drives that Ball State have, and that was one of the things that really caught my eye uh, up in the radio booth today. Long, sustained drives where they were able to eat up the clock. There are three scoring drives, 15 plays, 80 yards, 630 on the clock, 15 plays, 75 yards, 515 on the clock, 13 plays, 77 yards, 426. So when you're able to, you know, it's it's the it's the opposite of efficiency, but at the same time, when you, when you're able to do that, you control the time of possession, and at the end of the game, the time of possession ended up being fairly uh, close between the two teams. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it just goes to show you that you know Ball State knew what they were doing on offense. They fed their studs, and they were able to you know get the the plays that they need to uh, needed to get three scores. Unfortunately, they just uh, couldn't stop the Illini in the fourth quarter. Hunter Castle Heating and Cooling text line 618 texture says, I was led to believe that the problem with the offense was the lack of a running QB. Um, 
not sure what that means, but that certainly was a problem last year, the immobility of West Lunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that a running QB is your panacea, but it gives you a lot more options. I would a lot like to see a lot more from Chase Crouch uh, in that regard. But he started to pick some things up in the second half. Another texter says, just one pre-snap penalty, a big improvement over last year. Excited for the future. That in from the 901 area code. And uh, Bruce in Houston reminds us of this because you, after all, did beat Ball State. So we have to go back to this. I have a feeling I know what this is going to be. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Okay, great. Thanks a lot for that look in the sports, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Every sportscaster's worst nightmare. Uh, so, Tim, you're going to bring us your own version of Boom Goes the Dynamite with our very first Body and Soul Sports scoreboard brought to us by Body and Soul Sports, Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. Get us caught up with what else is going on. Well, the Maryland, uh, Maryland Terrapins went down to the Lone Star State with some dynamite and Blew it up, and they upset number 23, Texas, 51-41 to 41 today. Other finals from the Big Ten, number 6, Penn State, no problem with Akron, 52 to nothing. Saquon Barkley, 14 carries, 172 yards, and a couple of touchdowns on the ground. Iowa beats Wyoming, 24-3. to 3. Michigan State, no problem with Bowling Green, 35-10. to 10. And the matchup involving a Big Ten team that a lot of folks have their eyes on today, number 11, Michigan, taking on number 17, Florida. I believe that's in Arlington, Texas. The Wolverines lead that ball game 10-3. Top 25 scores in progress. Uh, Oklahoma leads UTEP 14-7, and that's the only in-progress game at the moment. Aside from, I spoke too soon, Stony, Stony Brook leads South Florida 7 to nothing. Other finals today from the top 25. Clemson, no problem with Kent State, 56-3. Miami beats Bethune-Cookman, 41-13. Major League Baseball, Cubs lead the Braves, 10-4 in the top of the six. No score between the Cardinals and the Giants. That one just underway in San Francisco. How about fighting Illini Volleyball today? Sweeping Western Kentucky, 3-0 with a program-best 652 hitting percentage. Chris Thomas still undefeated on his premier campaign and the Illini take on Louisville tonight at 6.30, a game you can hear on our AM side on DWS. I think they've only dropped one set as well to start things off. We're off and running on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Throughout the show here, we'll be bringing you some Dick Van Dyke defining moments of the game as well. We'll check our scoreboard more. we got keys to the game. And, of course, your calls. Join us on the PNC Bank phone line, 356-9397, and the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 351-5357. You're listening to the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. Join the conversation by calling us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Third and seven, Ball State from their own 40. Here is the snap back. The quarterback throws it right, caught up near the first down marker at the 47. The ball is dropped. It is scooped up by the Illini. Trey Watson is running up the left sideline. A flag is down in the uh, area of the 50-yard line. And we'll see what that's about as the Illini pick up the loose ball, but there may have been a penalty. That ended up going in the Illini's favor, and uh, that uh, early on in the ball game, a takeaway that Lovey Smith so much desires and preaches for his team. That was one of my hopes for this game and this team early on as you start to see more of those takeaways, those forced takeaways from the Illini. Welcome back in, everybody. On to the phones we go. This is John Indicator who's been waiting a bit. Thanks for your patience, John. Welcome in. Sure. Thanks. I've got a couple comments to make. You know, I like the game and everything. I think it's a great game. And uh, well, and it's kind of the controversy that's been going on. One thing was the video board. Uh, when Dudak caught the punt and got hit right away, you know, a lot of us thought maybe it was a helmet with the helmet, but we didn't get to see a replay. So I don't know why the video board ne- never showed a replay of that. Everybody would like to have seen it. Let's use what we got because we're not really using it. And then when we do use it with the video board and, and the audio coming from it, 
they're fighting against the band in the student section. We're, we're sitting there, and we're, we're hearing the video board and, and the audio doing something completely opposite of what the band in the student section is. These two types of, uh, you know, trying to get the crowd riles and everything like that, they need to be on the same page doing the same thing. If we've got something going on with the band and the student section, let's amplify it and put it over the video board so everybody can hear it and everybody's doing the same thing. We're just fighting with each other. Well, you won't uh, find any disagreement from, from a former Marching Illini member in myself. Uh, I, I'll, I love all the exposure the band can get, and nobody should cover it up, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to chalk this one up to week one, and also the Ball State band was there, too. And uh, from my experience, you know, even going back too many years now, uh, there's a lot of extra coordination that has to go on. So there might have just been a lot of... Uh, you know, rust falling off and figuring out what was going on with that. But I 100% agree. That has to get cleaned up because uh, you don't like those things going all over each other. It's the same as if you're listening to a radio broadcast and two broadcasters start talking over each other. Right. It, you just can't make sense of what's going on, and it's kind of annoying. So right. hopefully... I, 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 excuse me. I, I heard a few years ago, is the video board and all that being done in a different location still? Uh, yeah, that's my understanding. Off-site. Yeah, yes. I think it might be in Bielfeld where the that's correct. command center for the for the video board is. Now, there is some that's stuff that's being handled in the stadium, but a lot of it is being done remotely. So, yeah, you really have to be coordinated and all that, and that's a huge undertaking. John, thanks for your call. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Brian Barnhart, the voice of the Fighting Illini, has stopped in for a moment after another Saturday in the books. Yeah, for you. how about that? 16... Season 16, 16, episode one. That's right, episode one of season 16. Great to see you guys. And, yeah, that was an exciting finish. Uh, third quarter, obviously, was uh, tough to watch because Ball State was just moving the ball down. I forget what we came up with. Tim and Michael were helping me. I think it was like 28 plays to three or something in the third quarter and the yardage and everything. The yardage was 154 to 12. Yeah. So in the third quarter. In the yeah. third quarter. That tells yeah. you everything you need to know. Yeah, that, that was, uh, you know, disappointing uh, to see. But, you know, as Lovey Smith talked after the game, they fought through a lot of adversity. The, the whole first quarter, and you think about it, there were 20 different players who had never played college football, whether it was Adesanya who had been around but not played, you know, guys that had been hurt. Dudek had been out two years. You had all these freshmen and true freshmen, uh, redshirt freshmen and so forth. So you had 20 of those in the first quarter alone. Uh, you had some juggling on the offensive line early. Um, and then uh, you had Crawford out because of team rules. And so suddenly you're playing all kinds of players. That And Isaiah Gay, where did he come from? He was third. There was no depth chart release, but he was third basically at that one position, and he wound up making a key play late in the game. So it was an interesting game in that sense, and I think Coach Smith got it right afterwards saying through all of that when the chips were down – they made the plays they had to make, and they learned a lot from it. I think you probably learn more, and again, you do need to handle Ball State, no question, but I'm just saying in the sense of uh, you learn a little more in that crucible of a difficult situation mm-hmm. where you've got to come up with a play that I think the more than you do in a 52-3 to win where you don't really learn a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, we saw that last year. Yeah. You know, it was it was pretty lopsided, if I recall, in, the, in week one, the win, and then, you know, things didn't go very well from there. And Lovey will say, I'm I'm pretty sure come Monday, because he said it last year, the biggest improvement now you see is from week one to week two. So yeah. what they do with all of this, again, I think I saw a little bit more cohesion, mm-hmm. even though we saw a lot of ineffectiveness. I mean, look at the time of possession, just over 23 yeah. minutes. You're not going to win a football game every week with that yeah. kind of time of possession. So there's a lot of things to fix, but it seems like there's more things to move forward with. Yeah, uh, I agree. Very, very few penalties. It wasn't sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had the turnovers, the takeaways that you'd want. Trey Watson was big. Uh, the way Epstein ran the ball, we've seen that in camp. It's it, And, again, we don't know what kind of career he's going to have. But I had the same feelings when I saw Mike Dudek the first camp that he was in. I kept thinking, who is that guy? And I had the same feeling in camp. Who is Epstein? Who is that? Because he just impressed you with his shiftiness and his ability and his speed and his vision, it appeared. And uh, he showed up again today, and he was more dominant of the of the tailbacks. Really makes you wonder: was this part of the game plan, or was he just the hot hand I, and they I, ran with it? I think Coach Smith, along the way, tends to go with a hot hand. I mean, he seems to see who can play. He did that all of last year. Guys that practiced well, 
And that was part of the story with the offensive line. The guys that started, played, had a good week of practice, and he's not afraid, no matter who it is, to put them in there and play them. Whether they're freshmen, seniors, if they have a good week of practice, he's going to go with who he thinks has the hot hand. Yeah, essentially the guys who were who were making the most of their opportunities, yeah. and that's what Epstein did in camp right. because Reggie Corbin and uh, – and Kendrick Foster got limited reps. I don't think Corbin played at all, if any, in camp. And so no. Epstein was essentially the number two back right. in right. training camp. He got almost all the carries in camp, I mean, right. with, along with Rayvon Bonner. Exactly. Those were the right. two guys that were playing all the time in camp. So, Hey, Brian, well, uh, congratulations on the start of another season. Good call, and uh, thanks for stopping in. You probably you know put your feet up for just a little bit. <laughs> you don't really get a memorial or a Labor Day weekend. Not really. Yeah, no, Monday is not an off day. Yeah, uh, in this business. But no, it was a good win, a good way to get started. You learn a lot in a game like this, and this team is so young that I think it was a great experience for them. And Mike Dudek makes a big difference. We saw today, and I was talking to Kerry Davis after the game. You need players that can make plays when the chips are down. When you have to have a play, fifty-two yard punt. He just picked it up and took off. Game changer. Yeah, it was a and game they, they were trying to do something because that was a line drive punt. Yeah. And he just caught it, fielded Pick, it on a bounce and, and said, I'm off. gone. Yeah. And I think he almost had one, he was one turn away from breaking it out yeah. all the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would probably go back and look at that tape and said, Oh, I just missed yeah. the seam right there. Well, as you know, he will help Malik Turner just mm-hmm. by his presence. It'll free up Turner a little bit because teams basically just sat back there last year and said, Beat us. Yeah. You know, we got, we got one guy we're worried about, particularly Turner. And it will go one-on-one with everybody else, and you try to get it past us. And that's what happened along the way. The offense was better in the red zone. Were they 4-4 today? I believe that's I think correct, in the red yeah. zone. And they were not you know, very efficient at it last year uh, in the red zone. And uh, last year they got to get better on third down. They were not good on third down today statistically and were not good at it last year. And I know that's one thing Garrick McGee is going to emphasize going forward is we got to get better at that. Yeah, 2-10. Two two yeah. yeah. And, and allowing the other team to convert on right. third and having the defense on the field the whole third yeah. quarter. I mean, that's that doesn't work. Thanks, Brian. Okay, Enjoy thank you. Enjoy the rest of your Keep weekend. Up the good work. Yeah. Have fun. Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, stopping by for just a moment. Back to the phones, PNC Bank phone line 356-9397. Danny's with us in Seymour. Hi, Danny. How you doing, bud? Doing well. What are your thoughts? Uh, we got lucky. Oh, yeah. We got Doggone lucky. I think that uh, if we cannot beat Ball State by more than a touchdown, it's a pretty sad season coming up. Well, I I agree with you, yes and no, because (laughs) I'll I'll sit on the fence. I don't think it was all luck. They responded when things went poorly. They responded, and that's not just entirely luck. And uh, number two, um, this may be a poor season. I, I give you that. Yeah, if you're not kind of steamrolling Ball State, it doesn't bode well for how well you'll do against the rest of your opponents. But we kind of knew that coming in. This is almost like watching – this is almost like spring training for next season. Uh, it's just like watching paint dry, bud. <laughs> okay, hey. It's the long view. Uh, Dudak. Did great. Uh, Crouch, uh, I give him a C for the game. Uh, the defense was good for a young bunch, but my goodness, if they can't take Ball State and handle them any better than that, I'm very disappointed. I, it is disappointing. I don't know that how high the expectations can be, though, with this young of a team is my point. Uh, okay, I agree with you that, but... Uh, Ball State is not a top-flight school, okay? Understood. And uh, I hope that they emphasize more with the running game. I didn't see enough of that. I saw some of it. Uh, but when you've got Dudak and Turner, they are good receivers. But uh, we've got to go to them more. Then we go to Foster and uh, Epstein. Epstein's a better runner, I believe, than Foster. Well, I don't know. It may have just been a bad day for Foster. And, I mean, if I don't know how you measure one to the other from one game. Today he was, that's for sure. Uh, Epstein made more yards, I believe, than Foster did. Oh, yeah, he did. Epstein uh, had by a wide margin. And uh, Foster, 
was the premier running back, and I believe Ball State concentrated on him. Where they didn't give Foster the uh, same look. Uh, let's see what happens next week, but uh, I'm glad for the win. But uh, it's got to get better, bud. All right. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. Bye. Well, again, I'll just go back to you can't set your expectations too high. Although, you know, if you were looking Lovey Smith in the eye, he would, you know, probably just glare at me for saying that. <laughs> but that's reality. And, you know, to the point about they keyed in on Foster and then Epstein shows up, that's the beauty of a lot of a freshman. The other team doesn't know yet yeah, what no all they can do. Yeah, no tape on them. Exactly. So... This is Dennis Rican, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our offensive moment of the game. Wow. All right, a defining moment of the game from our offense. Uh, I'll go with this, Tim. Let's go back to early in the first quarter when the Illini first got on the board. Illini offense led by Chase Crouch. Foster is to his right. Three receivers to the right. Golden opportunity here in the red zone for Illinois. Crouch with a toss to the end zone. It is caught. Dudek touchdown. And guess who caught it? Mike Dudek. How do you like that? A 16-yard strike. He went up and got it. And that was a tough catch and a flashback to three years ago. Oh, man. 6 nothing. the Illini went up there, and I go with that because you just had to know that Mike Dudek was back. Plus, it was a really nice catch, an acrobatic catch. So, for me, I thought that was key for the Illini offense. Obviously, a score later in the ballgame put them ahead and, and was the, the difference maker. What is your thought? I hate to do it, Illini fans. I have to give it to the Ball State offense in that third quarter. Here are some of the statistics. The scoring went 14 to nothing in favor of the visitors. First down, 9 to nothing. Yards, we mentioned earlier with Brian, 154 to 12. Time of possession, 1041 to 419. Third down conversion, 6 of 7 to 0 of 3. And Ball State really made some adjustments, as I think Danny mentioned in the last phone call, to really contain Chase Crouch in that quarter. And that uh, combined with, you know, those uh, two scores really put Ball State in the driver's seat. So I will give them credit for that. But as I said at the outset, it's the final score that matters. And Illinois had the resiliency at the end to get the come-from-behind victory. I believe they had one come-from-behind victory last year, which was Michigan State. And I think that was the only one. But started out with a come-from-behind victory today. They, I think they trailed uh, on two separate occasions today. Castle Heating and Cooling text line says uh, a 217 texture. It's Dale in Farmer City. said, really like the spark on offense we had with Epstein out there. Foster looked flat. Just a bad game by Foster. Do you think we see more of Epstein next week? I think you see more of Epstein next week. I hope it's a bad game by Foster. Uh, hope he's not hampered by any kind of injury. Haven't heard that. But, um, you know, as usual, that stuff is kept under lock and key. So you're just not – you're never sure what, what the whole story is. But uh, Lovey Smith went to Epstein pretty early, and they kept going to that well, and they got him, got a decent, you know, performance out of him. And there's nothing, you know, it's going to just go eye-popping numbers sure. with 54 yards, but a couple of touchdowns for the youngster. Well, and as Brian mentioned when he was in here, you know, that's Lovey Smith's style. He will play the hot hand, and this is not the first time we've seen this at running back. I mean, does the name Keyshawn Vaughn ring a bell with anyone? <laughs> Started as the first-ring running back, dipped all the way down to three, and now he's not even with the program anymore. The media representative back at Big Ten Media Days two years ago as well. Another texter asks if Sam Mays played at all. I'm looking at the participation chart. Did not see him get in at all. I noticed he wasn't out there. And I thought coming in, he probably was at best fourth on the depth chart in wide receivers. I think you obviously it's Turner and Dudek with, followed by Ricky Smalling. And then maybe Sam Mays or Dom Thiemann. Um, have, I don't know if any of the others are really in play that much when it comes to regular offensive sets. Back after this, it's the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. David's on the line. We've got another caller coming in as well. We'll get to you right after this. To be sure you get it all. Seven six ball state midway through the second quarter. Here's the handoff up the middle. Epstein runs it across the goal line. Touchdown, Illinois. Six-yard sprint. Right up the middle by the right hash for the freshman, Epstein, who's waited through three coaches for a chance to play, and he's got his first collegiate touchdown. 
Fasteners Etc. post-game show. I'm Scott Beatty. Tim Dittman is here. Evan Kahn is the producer of not only post-game, but our entire Illini game day. And you are welcome to join us. Your chance to react to an Illinois victory over Ball State. 24-21, the final. You can call us 356-9397. And the Castle, that's the PNC Bank phone line. Castle Heating Cooling text line is 351 351- Five three five seven. David is in Tolono. David, it's been since well spring. Hope you had a good summer. Yes, I did, um, guys. I just wanted to tell you, I I thought it was a very smart decision to put uh, Dudik uh, back at the uh, punt returns, and I hope it, he stays that way. And I and I think it's wonderful to have to have Epstein as the the kick returner. I think that's both really good uh, coaching moves. But my concern is. I did not know. I was hearing the reports earlier this year of how bad the offensive line is. It's even worse than I thought. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you, if, if Chase is going to get killed and the rest of them boys, we have a lot of talent in terms of, uh, you know, Dudek, uh, Epstein, Foster, but you've got to get it to the, the ball in space. And so I'd love to see 10 to 15 plays a game, uh, swing passes and screen plays and bootlegs. That should be our offense, I'm telling you. Swing passes, uh, uh, bootlegs, and, and um, you know, uh, screen passes because uh, he's going to have to do something. Otherwise, he's just going to run for his life. I don't think he can stay in the pocket. Thankfully, since he can run a little bit more than, mm-hmm. than uh, the other quarterback, he can run for his life and make something out of nothing. But, oh, my goodness, if we don't do that, I just don't see us uh, scoring a whole heck of a lot of points because Chase is just not going to hold up. So, um, but I give him credit for showing a lot of grit today. I like Epstein. I liked him for a long time. I like Dudek. Uh, thank goodness he's healthy and, and Turner had a good game and guys, but, uh, that, that offensive line, holy cow, uh, next week is going to be a lot different if mm-hmm. we don't keep running those plays. So I've always been a little bit questionable of, of coach McGee's, uh, calling plays. And I think next week, I hope I'm wrong, but if he doesn't call 10 to 15 screen passes, swing plays, I'm telling you, uh, and bootlegs, uh, we're going to get massacred. And I, and I, and I, I like the boys. I wish them were well, uh, but uh, I'm really, really concerned. And, and those, those are my comments, but I, I wish them well. All right. Th- thanks, David. Appreciate it. I, I agree that, you know, Chase Crouch is not going to throw a lot of home run balls to Malik Turner on, a, on a, just a fly route. Uh, it is going to be a lot of catch and run. And with a guy like Mikey Dudek and Malik Turner, too, you saw him have a nice catch and run, mm-hmm. too. They can make something out of that. So go to that. It's not quite a West Coast-style offense, but a lot of that stuff because there was too many, not only sacks, but behind the back. It's like just one of those look out kind of exactly, things. Yeah, on the, on the blind side, exactly. Yeah. You're right. And I think Gabe Megginson was a little bit overmatched, and that doesn't bode well when you get into Big Ten play. Ken joins us now. Hi, Ken. Ken, can you hear me? Hello? Yes, there you go. Ken, go ahead, Ken. Hey, this is Tim. I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead. Hey, all right, I got a question. It's um, it was about um, Lovey's play clock management when we scored that go-ahead touchdown. I think we had like 24 seconds left to snap the ball, and if you take at least 20 seconds of that, we don't even have to worry about the field goal at the end of the game. I think he's had problems before with play clock management. I just kind of want to get your thought. Well, Lovey has had problems before with play clock management, and I don't know what it is, and he's not the first head coach to come through Illinois to have play clock management. I think these guys need, like, somebody, a play clock management A body coach. man, yeah. yeah. That just says, this is what you need to do and why you need to do it. I don't know what it is. There's so many other things that are going on at once, but somebody to say, this is what's going on, and you need – because even late in the game, there were three timeouts left, and and at one point I thought you you could use a timeout, and he finally did take one. But it's Ball State really that got stuck with their with their management issues, and they yeah they only had together. one timeout left down the stretch. And I agree with you, Scott. There was I think Ball State had the ball with maybe about three minutes left, and they didn't convert on a third down, and they were getting ready to punt. And I thought, hey, you know, maybe kill the clock here. Um, and, and preserve a little time. Now, you know, it ended up working out okay because Illinois was able to score. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the caller raises is a good point. Back to the phone lines. Hey, Tim, you ready for this? I am. Here's Steve in Peoria. Hey, Steve. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. It's good to be back for another year. Good to hear from you. Hey, uh, hey, win the win. We'll take it. 
we might not get too many of them this year, but uh, the main thing is I want to see some improvement, especially with uh, the young guys. Uh, hey, welcome back, Mikey Dudek. Great to have him back. Wish him nothing but uh, health and a great season. Uh, Trey Watson, beast on defense today, being a good leader there. And uh, uh, Mike Epstein, wow, we've got something special there. So uh, Kendrick, you know, he, he's a marked man this year, so uh, the Lions got to know that. He's got to know that and get, get in the film room, check out what they need to do. Uh, two questions. Uh, the extra point, our first extra point um, attempt or whatever it's called, do you guys know if that's uh, a call from the bench or is that something that uh, one of the players on the field, if they see something, run that? And then secondly, uh, could you uh, run down maybe the freshman who did not play today? Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. We appreciate it, Steve. He's from Peoria. Our man. Um, okay. I love Steve. The two-point conversion. I don't know what was that. Why? 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 I would have to think that was scripted because it came oh, yeah. on the on the first you know scoring play of the game, and there was some confusion as to whether it was Blake Hayes or Cam Miller back there, and I, it, it was Miller, one of the quarterbacks, but it was just a busted play. I I I couldn't tell you. You know, I I wouldn't think they'd try it unless the coaches thought there was a high probability of them scoring, but it just was a busted play. Or or you th- maybe the reason you think it's a high probability is because nobody would expect you to do it on your first or, yeah, scoring drive or, of the know, year with you've seen, young You've guys. seen something in the film with Ball State where you know maybe you know they leave one zone of the field uncovered that you can exploit that. Certainly a possibility. Um, as for the freshman that did not play, uh, we, I don't know. Do we have enough time to get through here? I mean, we've got to get to volleyball at 620. <laughs> um well, Ravon Bonner, I don't, I don't see any uh, numbers from him. Now, I don't have the participation report in front of me, but as far as carries, uh, Bonner did not. Reggie Corbin's obviously a sophomore, but he, he, uh, you know, he was banged up in camp, so he did not play. Yeah, Bonner did not make it in. Now, Lewis Dorsey did not play, uh, and I'm just no. Looking... Dorsey was in. He was well. Oh, you're right. I apologize. He did have one reception. That's yeah. my fault. And he looked pretty athletic in that reception mm-hmm. too. That was that one-handed grab, right? Believe, yeah, I believe that's correct. He almost looked like a wide receiver in that. Uh, I believe Ricky Smalling did play, but I don't believe he had any catches. Yeah, he was on the field. Um, those are your sort of your the skill positions. I assume is uh, Frank Sumter was out with an injury. Uh, he was in, but then he's he left with an injury. Um, and he's he's pretty critical back there amongst the young guys in the secondary. So there's too many to go through that didn't get in. But those are some of your key guys. Appreciate you checking in. Well, I think the story is the ones who did get in. It ended up being 12 true freshmen playing and then 24 who were playing for the Illini for the first time. Hi, this is Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our defensive moment of the game. Wow! I go to forcing Ball State on a three and out in their second to final possession of the game. That is when it mattered the most. Game was on the line. The defense had been pretty horrible in the second half, particularly in the third quarter. Both sides of the ball were pretty horrible. Mm -hmm. But forcing that three and out there in the fourth quarter, they bounced back and made it work, got themselves into a position then with the punt return from, from Mike Dudex to seal the win. And uh, with a go-ahead score, so I, I go with that moment there. Um, by and large, uh, there wasn't a, a huge theme of defense that was really standing out to me. I hate to go with another Ball State uh, moment here, but I gotta give credit to Anthony Winbush. He ended up having a great day defensively for Ball State. Seven tacklers. He was their second leading tackler. He had three sacks, all of them in the second half. Uh, for 21 yards. He also had four tackles for loss for 29 yards. And again, it goes back to, to what I mentioned earlier. Ball State making some defensive adjustments, containing Chase Crouch, getting to him, and and not allowing him to uh, dump the ball off to anybody. And that was one of the reasons why uh, they were ended up being so successful in that third quarter. So I'll give Ball State coaching staff credit uh, for, for making the adjustments on the fly there. A couple of texters talking about the atmosphere at the game. Want to get into this in, in just a moment, but let's get another check of our Body and Soul scoreboard brought to you by Route 40. <laughs> it's brought to you by Body and Soul Sports. Route 45 just gets you there. So does Curtis Road. It's in Savoy. Tim? 
Florida has come back to take the lead over Michigan, 17-10, 7-0-2, second quarter. Nevada leads Northwestern up in Evanston, 14-7, three minutes to go until the half. Finals today from the Big Ten, Maryland upsets number 23, Texas, 51-41. Number six, Penn State, no problem at all with Akron, 52 to nothing. Wyoming thought to maybe be on upset alert over Iowa, but the Hawkeyes get the season-opening win 24-3. Michigan State, no problem with Bowling Green, 35-10. Top 25 games, number 7, Oklahoma leads UTEP, 28-7. Stony Brook and South Florida, a team that the Illini will see in a couple of weeks. Stony Brook and South Florida tied at 7. That one is in the second quarter. Finals today from the top 25, Clemson, no problem with Kent State, 56-3. Miami beats Bethune-Cookman, 41-13. Some top 25 games coming up tonight. Western Michigan taking on USC. Appalachian State against Georgia. Central Arkansas against Kansas State. Georgia Southern against Auburn. Louisville and Purdue. And the nightcap is Florida State taking on Alabama. You also have a couple others in there as well. But Florida State-Alabama is the marquee matchup. You've also got LSU-BYU in Washington State taking on uh, Montana State. Scott? All right. I want to get into this, these, these thoughts about game day atmosphere. And, As do I. And one thing we didn't, obviously, maybe it's the elephant in the room, the war chant issue and, and how that all played out. So you can certainly weigh in on that as well. We'll get keys to the game, some more highlights. It's the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. It's the Fasteners Etc. postgame show on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397, or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Ball State, midway through the second quarter. Here's the handoff up the middle. Epstein runs it across the goal line. Touchdown, Illinois! Six-yard sprint right up the middle by the right hash. But a freshman, Epstein, who's waited through three coaches for a chance to play, and he's got his first collegiate touchdown. You would think I'd figure this out by now. They can't read your poker face, Scott. You know, one of the things they teach you early, I I bet if you make a mistake, don't draw attention to it. (laughs) Because the listener's not in the studio, right? Right. They don't, they can't, you know, don't draw attention to the fact that you just kind of screwed up that crossfade and all that. So everybody look the other way, unless you're driving, just keep looking straight. Fasters, et cetera, post-game show. Welcome in, everybody. We're continuing on as Illinois beats Ball State 24-21, the final in the first of three non-conference games. Western Kentucky comes up next Saturday night, or I should say uh, maybe this coming Saturday night, and under the lights at Memorial Stadium. All right, the atmosphere at Memorial Stadium today. Robbie texts that I was concerned. I was at the game, and my concern is how quiet the audience in the stadium was during the entire game. Well, that's nothing new. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. It's really not. This isn't a team that's worth cheering for in mass at this point. Sorry. 217 Texture says we need a hacker to infiltrate the message board and play the war chant. You need a hacker to infiltrate and play something. In the yeah. first half, correct me if I'm wrong, I wasn't seeing much happening on third down. The band wasn't playing. And the, one of the questions was, well, what are they going to do instead of war chant? They did nothing. Well, we were told that the band would not be playing on third down and it would be purely video board. But as a previous caller pointed out, that ended up being a hodgepodge of those two things. Um, you know, I, I don't want to come down too hard on the game day staff here because they have a tough job. But, I mean, there's going to be more scrutiny on the game day atmosphere and and the promotions in the stadium now more than ever because everyone's riled up about this war chant. But... I, you know, I think, uh, like you said earlier, coordination would be good. All right, the band's going to play now. The video board's going to do its thing now. And you know, I would say number two, you know, switch things up a bit. Dig deep into the well. Find some songs that aren't played at every college football game ever. And 
Maybe reach uh, out to some... Hell's Bells showed up a few times right, on third down. Which which is a, a trademark of Ohio State. They play that, on, at least they used to, uh, on every third down. Um, reach out to some celebrities that have Illini ties. Get them to record little blurbs to be played on the video board rather than repeating the five or so that have been up there for the past five years. Ludacris was born here. Reach out to him. You got his number? No. <laughs> But I know his Twitter handle. <laughs> I, I, I really do mean that in all seriousness. There's going to be more scrutiny because people feel they've had something major taken away from them. So now, okay, what are you going to do to fire fans up? Now, I get it. A good team will fire fans up more than anything else. But still, it's a matter of what's going to get the crowd cheering on that third down because today you didn't really have that one thing that really got them going. No, but it didn't seem like there was a game plan about it. You know, now war chance gone, so we're going to do this instead when it comes to third down. And look, I'm with you. I'll give everybody a pass on game one. There's no exhibition games. There's not a whole lot of rehearsals that you get to go through with with all of this. But uh, it just seemed like there wasn't a game plan with all that. And wow. I look, there's several people over there that I would I know. I would consider friends. You sure. Know, this isn't to just knock on everybody that works hard and all that. It's just. Didn't seem like there was something going on with third down, and in the light of what had happened this week with the war chant, well, I, the, I was a little surprised. I mean, the, the discussions to do away with the war chant have been going on for a long time now, so you would think someone in the back of their mind would at least start thinking, all right, if this happens, you know, I'm talking maybe a discussion months in the past. If this happens, what will be the big thing that replaces that? And now we, our newsroom did reach out to Block I this week, and they said, yeah, we are... Uh, we are thinking about you know new ideas for third down because Block I didn't know about this until this week. The athletic yeah. department knew. The students didn't. So I'll give the students a pass. They were clapping. They were trying to do the war chant without any music. It didn't work <laughs> <laughs> because everyone sped up, uh, which is what happens when you try to do the war chant without music. Uh, I don't know. I, I think there's got to be something. Now, in the second half, as things got going, the crowd, I thought, did a good job of getting into it. And it turned, too, on on, on Mikey's play and, mm-hmm. the, and the turnovers as well. And and it goes back to the I mean, what we're talking here is probably 20% of game day atmosphere, and 80% of it is when the crowd's excited about the team sure. and what's going on on the field. And when that happens, a lot of these other things uh, aren't as magnified. Well, yeah, if the team wins, the coverage of the war chant this week is probably reduced in half in my opinion time for our keys to the game they are brought to you by hickory point bank and champagne the unlimited value of the right team one banking expert will steer you in the right direction a whole team of them will take you to your destination hickory point bank invested also brought to you by the pella window store you want to do the honors tim first well uh i will go back to that third quarter uh you can't state enough how much Ball State owned that quarter. And then I think the special teams uh, down the stretch got the job done for Illinois, Dudek, and then the block at the very end by Jamal Milan. And I agree with what you said earlier. I think this is a team that looks maybe like an expansion team in the NFL, but at the same time I think they're all rowing the boat in the same direction. So <laughs> I think it can only get better. Row the boat? You cannot say that. Now you owe you owe money now to PJ Fleck for just using that. Hey, if it means I get to meet PJ Fleck, I'll drive <laughs> up to Minneapolis and give him twenty bucks. Line, I will play PJ Fleck in Minnesota later on in the season. I just go with resiliency for a young team, inexperienced, that was ineffective for large portions of the ball game to figure out how to pull things together and get a win. I thought was the key to the game. Really, there was just a, a weight hanging around. In late in the third quarter, and when Ball State was knocking on the door there, uh, it felt like this is it, and, and they're not going to win this game, and then that means they're not going to be any better than Western Kentucky. They're certainly not going to beat South Florida, and we're looking at a one- or two-win season, if that. And that that was where my mind went in front, in the course of a few minutes. I was thinking the same thing. If, if, if Ball State's going to be this close... Can you even beat Rutgers? You know, that's, that's seriously what I was thinking in that third quarter. Because Rutgers looked better. Right. And they're they're gonna be a little bit better, you know. 
So they're probably going to be last in the East, but they're still going to be better than they were last year. I want to add one uh, more thing I had on my notes here. Ball State third downs ended up being 12 of 21, which is decent. They started the game 12 of 16, and then the Illini defense prevented them from converting on the final five third downs of the game. So I'll give credit to the defense there. Illinois third downs today, 2 of 10. I mean, that those numbers speak for themselves. That has to improve. Last year they were at 28% for the season, so that's yeah. even worse. 309 Texture says, even Hell's Bells alone would have been fine, but they mixed it with something that sounded like knock on wood and nobody can follow it. It's a mess. I heard the bells. I didn't hear the, the knock on wood thing there, but yeah. I have been at Ohio State when they play Hell's Bells on an opponent third down. Here's the spoiler alert of the century. It sounds a whole lot better when 100,000 people are cheering along with it. Bob says, let's bring back who let the dogs out from the Sergio days. <laughs> Those are our keys of the game brought to you by the Pella Window Store. For all your window and door needs, visit the Pella Window Store on Country Fair Drive or go to PellaOfChampagne.com and also brought to you by Hickory Point Bank. Join us on the phone lines, 356-9397. That's the PNC Bank phone line. The Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217-351-5357. Ball Staters will throw to the right, caught by Turner. Breaks free at the 20. Still on his feet, 15, cuts back inside, gets a block at the 10, running left at the 5, he's down, first and goal, Illinois. He just copied Mike Dudek. He just zigzagged his way all over the field. He got some great blocks as he cut back to the left. And a gain of 26 on the catch and run, Malik Turner. And that set up the final score of the game from the Illini, what would be a one-yard touchdown run by Mike Epstein that put the Illini up 24-21. That ends up being the difference. The Illini beat Ball State to open the season at Memorial Stadium. Welcome back to the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. I'm Scott Beatty. He's Tim Dittman. Who do we have here, Tim? I should know this. You put these together. These I are know. all WWE entrances. It's not a, a, a 90s wrestler. I know that for sure because it's a modern-sounding theme. I, I feel really bad, but... Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my well, head. Well, you know, it's week one for all of us. Steve is with us from Decatur on the PNC Bank phone line. Hi, Steve. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. What do you say after this Illinois win, however ugly or pretty you thought it was? Well, a win's a win, and you'll probably notice I'm a little bit hoarse. So this old man was cheering throughout whether the war chant was there or not. Good for you. Uh, they're a young team. Um I'm expecting nothing this year. And uh, to see a little bit of resiliency, you know, at the end of the game uh, was more encouraging than the discouraging line play on both sides of the ball. Uh, I have a a question and a comment. Uh, My question is, I know they're pretty tight-lipped about the uh, injury situations. But is there any word on Kramer? Uh, I think that was him that went down early in the game you know, when they had to mix up the offensive line. No word. Lovey said after the game that he has a knee injury, and that was my suspicion based on how he was being taken off the field where he wasn't putting any weight on his right leg, which to me said it was either an ankle or a knee, and it's usually a knee in that situation, and linemen are prone to that. Um so they move uh, Algretti to center, mm-hmm. and they brought in Solomon. Um, well, Solomon to, started the game, but they brought him back, yeah. Yeah, and he's supposed to be a good run blocker, but the knock on him is uh, pass protection. So here's my prediction. Uh, I had a question and a comment, so here's the comment or prediction. I think you'll see marked improvement when they've had – a week to practice now with Algretti at center and probably Solomon or the freshman, uh, what is his name, Palzuski from Mount Prospect, uh, who they say has a real mean streak. And I think you'll see him run the ball a lot more effectively next week. That's a prediction. Uh, How do you guys feel about that? I think you're right, and I think you'll see a bigger improvement from week one to week two, too, just because they have a game under their belts. But I think they now know what they'll be dealing with in terms of their 
weak spots, which is pass protection based on one game. Mm-hmm. So now you can drop, with the ability of Chase Crouch to be more mobile, you can drop more counters, more zone reads, and more draws and that kind of thing. So I think you can get creative. It'll just be, can your offensive line give you enough to create that running space? Yeah, and I think the caller brings up a good point that assuming Doug Kramer will be out next week, and um, I cer- certainly wishing him well, but based on uh, what we saw and based on what little Lovey said and the fact that he did not come back into the game leads me to believe that he will not be playing next week. Uh, the caller brought up a great point that, all right, now you pretty much know who's going to be practicing with the first unit throughout the week. They can get a full week of practice with each other, get some continuity, because as we mentioned earlier in the program, you know, we saw Allegretti with a couple of botched snaps uh, to chase Crouch in the ball game that luckily didn't, I didn't think, impacted the game in a major way, but certainly something you want to clean up. So, yeah, I I think this week will be imperative. Like you said, Scott, Lovey Smith preaches. uh, He likes to see the most improvement week one to week two. I think last year we didn't see a huge jump week one to week two, maybe a little bit, but not a huge jump. Uh, but uh, I, I expect uh, the Illini to to get some good practices in this week. I mean, they're going to have their hands full with Western Kentucky, and we'll do a full preview on them later in the program, but it is not going to be a cakewalk, that's for sure. Well, you have higher talent this year, though, so the learning curve is steep, but I think compared to what Lovey had to work with last year compared to what he has this week, plus you know a system now, so you can adjust off a system that you're trying to install versus trying to teach everything at once like he was doing last year. 217 Texture says, how about Thunderstruck by ACDC on third downs? That's kind of an old trope too an old staple in the stadiums we used to have that on on this show quite we a bit we did but uh i mean it, it, there's a reason welcome to the jungle from guns and roses that's used everywhere rock and roll part two by gary glitter yeah but i i like that your thought of find something that's ours and obviously everyone's gonna say well the war chant was ours so why right. not just have that but it's not coming back so find something else that they can make illinois you know um, is there anything else in terms of the game? I'm not talking about halftime or pregame. Is there anything else in the, in the game that you go, that's that's an Illinois thing? The only thing I can think of is ringing the bell after you score with the ROTC push-ups. Is there anything else? Oh, you put me on the spot here. Um, Jim Shepard, you know, they have, uh, had the first and 10 yeah, for the Illini. The students folks. used to jingle the keys on the kickoffs. I don't know if they do that anymore. But that's not like a noisemaker type element. I don't know. I'll I'll think about that during our next break, and maybe some listeners uh, have some ideas too. You brought up the good point. It's like, what did Illinois have that was very unique? Oh, gee, starts with a C, ends with an E for Linewick. I don't know. Hi, but we know that's not coming Rican, back. President of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our special teams moment of the game. All oh. right, I think there are a couple of options here, and I think none bigger than. In my opinion, then this moment from Mikey Dudek late in the ball game. Steps to the right, line drive kick, a knuckleball. Dudek runs up on it with a catch of the 15, 20, 25. Back across the field of the right, 30. Goes by the official, 35, 40. Midfield, 40 of Ball State. Cuts back left, all the way down to the Ball State 35-yard line. How do you like that? That kid's a stud. Wow, is he amazing. He cut back two different times, clear across the field diagonally. Nearly ran over the official on the way and bolts all the way down to the Ball State 35-yard line. That was missing so much from the Illini last year. He is a game changer, and he gets my nod for the special teams moment of the game. And with with honorable mention to, of course, the block block field goal to end the game, but that was a 55-yard attempt, so... Um, there was a decent chance that was going to get blocked, uh, but and also Blake Hayes, the Aussie punter, yeah. had a, had a good a good day today. I I got to go with the the block punt at the end. I mean, when Illinois needed someone to step up, their special teams unit stepped up. Fifty four yards for Morgan Hagee of Ball State to tie it. Snap back, kick all the way, and it's blocked. 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 It is blocked. It's bouncing around on the turf, and the ball game is over. And the Illini have won it. That's how the ball game ended. And who ended up with the block kicks? They first announced it as uh, Cam Watkins, I think. Jamal Milan, I believe, was the one who got the 
when they finally okay jamal milan was the one who finally was determined as the one with the block so yeah i mean obviously that sealed the game so i think you could go either way but that's our dick van dyke defining moment special teams of the game when we come back, any final calls or texts? We'll welcome them from you. We'll get one more check of our scoreboard, look ahead, and a preview of Western Kentucky on a week from tonight. Uh, yeah, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of emotions. You know, I had about 30 family members here. Um, so it was good to, you know, have all them in the stands backing me up and then, you know, all the Illini, Illini fans that were there backing me up. So, you know, I just went out there and, you know, trusted in myself, trusted in my teammates, my coaches, um, that I was going to go out there and make the play when they called my number. Man, you know, that, that just goes back, you know, to off-season training. You know, all the receivers with Coach Stoker, um, he, he was really pressing us to, you know, get some more catches in. So uh, we were out there, you know, seven days a week uh, with receivers and quarterbacks just, getting that work in, um, you know, bringing pads out, hitting each other before we caught the ball, just, you know, to, to try to get as much as we can to, to simulate a game with a defender on you. And, you know, so that, you know, that catch was made back in January when we were practicing it all the time. Mikey Dudak after the ball game today with a key touchdown catch early and back in action after two seasons away due to knee injuries, the difference maker in today's 24-21 win for the Illini over Ball State. A few moments left if you want to get in any final thoughts. 3515357 is the mascot is the Castle Heating and Cooling text line as I look. Our new our new mascot is a text line. Uh, our mascot should be a soldier dressed in World War 1 attire mounted on a gray horse named Gray Ghost. Give him a cavalry sword to wave in honor of the true fighting Alina. That's a 217 texture. That's not a bad idea. That has been an idea that's been bandied about for a while, and I agree. Of all the things that could be proposed, silly or not silly, not not the worst idea. Dan and Champagne, I, th- I think we're back for our, uh, uh, maybe third downs. How do you beat the intro from Doors? Who do you love? Another 217 text just says, third down song that is Illinois and Champagne, Riding the Storm Out by REO. That seems a kind of an upbeat song, though, not as an intimidation. But I like the idea of using something homegrown and bringing it in. So, although, I don't know, are the kids these days listening to REO? We like REO. I am. (laughs) I'm still in my 20s. It's it's good stuff. So... Uh, Illinois gets the win today, and if you missed it earlier, having a bit of conversation about atmosphere or lack thereof on third downs after the elimination of the war chants. All right, uh, next week, Western Kentucky for the Illini. We'll get to that in just a moment. A final check here of our body and soul scoreboard, Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. It's gone to the half. Florida leads Michigan 17-13. Also at the half, Nevada up on Northwestern 17-7. Other games in progress, Oklahoma leads UTEP 35-7 at the half. Stony Brook up on South Florida, perhaps an upset brewing for Charlie Strong's debut. 10-7 is that score. Those are the in-progress games right now. Looking at Major League Baseball, Cubs appear to be cruising to a victory, 13-7. They lead the Braves top of the eighth. Cardinals have taken the lead 1-0 over the Giants bottom of the fifth. As we normally like to do in this final scoreboard, we want to give you a look ahead to the Illini sports programming on our airwaves. Coming up Monday, Labor Day, we'll have a Lovey Smith show, 7 p.m. from Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. Friday night, the 8th, it's the big one everyone's talking about in the college volleyball world, at least around these parts. Illinois taking on Stanford at Huff Hall, the home opener. Kevin Hambly's return to Champaign. That's a 7 p.m. start. You can hear it on the AM side on News Talk 1400. Volleyball the following day on the night thinks on Colorado at 2.30, and that'll lead us right into pregame for Fighting Illini football taking on Western Kentucky. 5.30, Scott takes the airwaves, 7 p.m. kickoff, and Scott and I will be back after the game for the postgame show. And again, volleyball on the AM side, the Lovey Show, and football can be be heard both on Light Rock 97.5 and on DWS. All right, looking forward to that. So speaking of Western Kentucky then, what do we got in the Hilltoppers, who 
are not going to be a slouch team rolling in here. Well, no, it's interesting. I was talking with you know Lauren Tate about this a few weeks ago, and Lauren just nonchalantly said Western Kentucky will be favored. You know, the odds makers will favor them to win that game, and I'm like, oh come on, Lauren, you're kidding. And no, really, they will be. Uh, Western Kentucky. I like to call them the poor man's Western Michigan because they're a, a mid-major team that can come in and, and just whip your butt. Eleven and three last year overall. Seven and one in the Conference USA. In Conference USA, they've won the Conference USA title game for the past two years. Had a bowl win last year as well against Memphis. They did lose their head coach, Jeff Brom, Jeff Brom to Purdue, so they're kind of starting over with a, a new uh, coaching staff. Mike Sanford is their head coach. Came from Notre Dame where he was the offensive coordinator. 35 years old, kind of among that crop of young and bright and up-and-coming college uh, football coaches. Uh, they've got their quarterback back, redshirt senior Mike White. No, not that Mike White, the other Mike White. Uh, had a great year last year. They return a lot on defense as well. And like Ball State, they uh, tend to run more than they do pass. They've had a running back, I found this interesting, reach 1,000 yards for the past seven seasons. So uh, regardless of who they've got at the top spot, they're always getting some good production on the ground. And they uh, play Eastern Kentucky tonight in their season opener. So I'll be watching that one, hopefully get a bit of a scout. And uh, Illinois, I mean, if they play the way they did today, they're not going to win that ball game. I mean, let's, let's not sugarcoat it. Illinois is going to have to play a whole lot better to hang with Western Kentucky. I see the game as a toss-up at this point. This is what Trey Watson, the line linebacker, had to say after the ball game about his freshman teammates. Um, it was, You know, it was, it was guys' first experience in a lot of big situations, and even though the score was tight, I think I think it was a good thing that it came down to that, and they got they got the experience for those moments. You know, not a lot of guys had those key uh, two minute experience plays, and that, that was great for them. And you know, guys made some plays. Uh, there's some things that we're going to learn from, and we're going to move on from here and be better be better because of it. All right, hopefully that is the case as the Illini get the win today, but a lot of things exposed as as well. 24-21 the final, and that'll do it for our first edition of the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Feel good to be back in? Oh, yeah. This is going to be a lot of fun. I enjoy interacting with the callers. I like to call them our friends that we uh, didn't hear from all summer, and now they're back in our lives. Yeah, I know. I so. feel like, you know, say, hey, how was your summer? And all that, all that stuff. It's just like a little reunion. Like going so. back to school almost. So thanks, everybody, who chimed in on the phone lines. Plenty of texts as well. We thank you as well. A uh, special shout-out to Evan Kahn, who has been here all day producing Illini Game Day and a job well done. Thank you to Ed Bond, our chief engineer. General manager is Mike Hale. Most of all, thank you for listening, and there will be more recap and dissecting of all this Monday morning. Even though it's Labor Day, there will be Monday morning quarterbacks on our AM side, DWS, with Lauren Tate and Jim Turpin. Fighting Illini Volleyball comes up tonight as well. Until then, have a good one, everybody. The preceding program was an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5, News Gazette Media Stations. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Okay, great. Thanks a lot for that look in the sports, Brian. Yeah. And...